I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I am thrilled to have my next guest on with me, Kate Somerville, who I've been a huge fan of for many, many years. She is the founder of Kate Somerville Skin Health Experts, and we are going to chat today all about her journey of building the brand, and uh, the company was successfully sold a few years ago to Unilever, and so um, she's actually doing some other super interesting interesting stuff, including partnering with Foster Nation, which she'll talk a little bit about that too. But Kate Somerville, I, th- I can't remember. I think I, the first time I bought it at uh, one of my favorite stores, Barney's, I think. And then and, and then no more Barney's. And uh, so, so, so sad. But I think I was first introduced, I want to say it was like two decades old. I mean, it's mm-hmm. been around for a while, but I think uh, the combination of Kate Hudson and Demi Moore and Paris Hilton and and uh, lots of incredible influencers with great skin, um, by the way, that I think I saw. And uh, you were in lots of magazines. You were really the first to integrate skincare and medicine that I at least saw. So I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about that. And as I said, Kate recently partnered with Foster Nation, which uh, she'll share a lot more about that. And just more than anything, welcome. Very excited to have you. Yeah, Kara, thank you for having me. I'm a huge fan too. I read your book and um, so many synergies (laughs) to being a woman in business. (laughs) Well, definitely. And also just, I always share with people, it doesn't matter if you're building in the beauty category, there's always a little bit of difference uh, in yeah. the different categories. But what I try and do on this show is really have, you know, the journey and the founder yeah. CEO journey and uh, share a lot more about the stories. Because I think that what I try and really emphasize, especially to people who are in it now, who are thinking about going into it, it's never perfect. And and no. people make mistakes, there's failures, there's challenges along the way, all those things. But let's go back to the beginning. So who was Kate growing up? And what was your, who was oh, little Kate? Wow. Did you always know <laughs> you were going to be in the beauty industry as an entrepreneur? Yeah. So, yeah, I grew up in a very chaotic world, unfortunately. my um, So I grew up, my dad and mom were both teachers, incredible people. Uh, mom's super artistic and talented. Um, she went, she was, had her master's and my dad had her, his master's and they were both high school teachers. And, um, my mom started drinking a lot when I was younger and just, you know, it was the seventies. So lots of partying and my mom ended up leaving when I was nine. And unfortunately, alcoholism just took her life over and she died homeless actually. 
and my dad remarried. And so I found my, and he, you know, he, he kind of had a new family and I was in and out of obviously that family, but it was really tumultuous for me because I was also wow. watching my mom, um, hit gr- like ground bottom would be like, you know, something it, it was unimaginable. Um, so, you know, from me driving up and seeing her at a bus stop looking for her and, you know, her literally like slobbering and like couldn't even pull it together to putting her in several rehabs and her leaving to the point where she was homeless. And um, I, I, I had to cut myself off from her um, just because it became so unhealthy for me. And I had had a child and my dad um, was in and out of my life, but at 15, I left home. So I had kind of a crazy upbringing, but I was so lucky because I had a really great boyfriend through high school and college. And um, I also um, was super competitive and um, I was an athlete and a pretty good student. Um, And I just, I lived with my boyfriend. He got a scholarship and um, at at 16, I lived with him. I know that sounds nuts, but it was, it was a stable environment, honestly. And so, um, that was my upbringing. And during my upbringing, I, all my emotions came out in my skin. Like I had the worst eczema as a kid. Um, I got hives. I just wore like all the nerves came out, came out on my skin. And so I was always looking for things to like, soothe my skin because I think my upbringing was so nuts. And um, so I feel like skincare was just kind of forced upon me. And I Mm -hmm. really realized too, like as a kid, you know, I had all this eczema and I was an athlete. So it was embarrassing too. So it really affected me. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises 
so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, It's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. Hmm. And um, and then after I, I didn't graduate college, but I went to Fresno State and I went to Fresno State for design, interior design. That's like my first love, believe it or not. And um, and then I had a, a friend say, you should become an esthetician. She was a dermatologist and she's like, you should become an esthetician. It's quick to get the license. And Um, all my nurses are doing, you know, injectables and they're doing peels in my office and we're, we're hiring an esthetician. 
doing facials and medical skincare. And I'm like, that sounds really cool. And it was, and, and I could relate, right? Yeah. And so that's how it all started. I went back to aesthetic school. I put, I was super entrepreneurial. I put a business plan together. One of my best friends was, um, she was in international business and I was living with her and her boyfriend basically on the couch. And she's like, I want to do my um, thesis, her last thesis um, in school on your, on paramedical esthetician. And so I was armed with this incredible business plan and I just took it around to doctor's offices. And at the time, doctors didn't even know what an esthetician was. Like this was not even a, a thing yet. And mm-hmm. so I, I'll never forget, I walk in, I'm 20, by the way, so I'm a baby. And I walk into my first plastic surgeon's office armed with this incredible business plan. <laughs> and he's like, well, what is an esthetician? Are you going to put my clients to sleep? Yeah. And I'm like, no, no I want to do skincare in your office. And so I said, can I rent space from you? And the cool thing is, is then doctors were not, um, they weren't uh, advertising at that time. Like if a doctor advertised, that was super unethical. And I Mm -hmm. said, listen, I'll advertise for, for skincare. I'll get all your clients ready for facelifts and whatever. And I'm just going to add to your office. And he's like, that sounds great. And, and, um, so he was awesome. He he taught me how to do injectables. He taught me how to do lasers, peels, and I started doing all of his pre and post operative care for the for everybody's skin. And that's how it all started. I just was at the right time, at the right place, and I was super, super um, you know, wanting I I was ambitious. I I just and I saw the vision too, even though like every place I'd ever worked was part of my puzzle. Like I call it a puzzle because, you know, I'd work for this doctor and then it brought that. And then after, so I met my husband and he lived in Telluride, Colorado, and he was going to move out. And um, at the time I was using a product called Biomedic in my, in my doctor's office that I was working and I was one of their top producers and they, they said, we're going to, we're going to take our top producers and try and get other doctors to, um, you know, buy our products and our services. And they, they hired me to be a, an account executive. And so I got to see a brand doing it. And, and at the time it was Christina Carlino. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but she's, she started biomedic, but she also started philosophy. Yeah. Actually, it's funny. She lived in Arizona and I knew her brother as crazy as that whole sound as that sounds anyway. Um, but yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. So, um, and her partner was David Watson. Um, and David Watson is, is IBM. Mm-hmm. So she had great funding behind her. Um, and so I got to see a brand being born early. And so it gave me that vision of, ooh, someday I want to do my own. 
And um, so I worked there for just a minute, honestly, because I just, I wasn't the, you know, I came from a small town and I wasn't, I didn't love the travel. And and at that point, by the way, this is such a funny story. You know, now we have phones to tell us how to get to places, (laughs) you know, in, in the car. But back then it was this, you know, this huge book and you had to kind of find your map and you're in the side of (laughs) the road and you're looking to where to go. And I was just like, I was just too young and like, that was way too crazy. And I I was by myself in these weird towns and these weird offices, you know, alone. And I was like, this is not for me. So I ended up, yeah, I ended up going to... So I met my husband and we just fell in love. And his dad was the lead singer of the Diamonds, um, which was a huge 50s phenomena. Um, He had 10 top one hits in the 50s. And he lived in Hollywood. And he's like, come move here and you guys can stay here. And he lived in this tiny kind of like barn shack, believe it or not, um, just because the music industry wasn't what it is today. But um, anyhow, he's he was such an awesome guy, he coached me through a lot of things. And so my husband and I, we got married and we moved in with him in the Hollywood Hills, looking right at the Hollywood sign. And I just got on the phone and I'm like, okay, I'm going to find the top plastic surgeon in LA. And I found out who, who he was. His name was Stephen Hofflin. I called his office up and I said, hey, I want to do a skincare line and, or a skincare, you know, clinic inside of your office. And he loved the idea. And um, so we we opened one for him and he he did everyone in the world like he was the guy to go to. Um, so that's where I got kind of my touch of celebrity clientele. Yeah. And then um, he had some issues with paparazzis and um, his office kind of dissolved. And so I was like, I'm ready to do this on my own. And I had not two pennies to rub together, but somehow I found a way. I had some clients help me um, financially. And I opened three rooms on Melrose Place. And that's where it just exploded. That's kind of my, you know, the beginnings. Hi, everyone. I wanted to take a moment to talk about my book. It's called Undaunted. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet on Audible or picked up a copy at Amazon or at your favorite bookstore, I think you're really missing out. Hopefully, you're enjoying listening to The Kara Golden Show with all the amazing guests that I'm so lucky to interview and be inspired by. Stories of challenges and breakthroughs, lessons too. Each of these incredible guests teach me that being undaunted really is the answer. And that is what you will learn from my story, which I share in my book, Undaunted. Not only how I came up with the idea for Hint, but also the journey that I experienced along the way. You see, most people don't know all the challenges that entrepreneurs go through in building a company. And the journey, the ups and the downs, twists and turns, you will hear it all in Undaunted. Probably the thing that has made me happiest about writing this book is hearing from people 
and how the book has helped them push through hard things and try new things. I have heard from countless people how Undaunted has helped them see that they are not alone in their hard times that they are experiencing, but also how pushing forward and finding a way is usually what it takes. My real stories with my observations looking back that just might make you change your mind about what you can endure and what you can achieve. Don't let anyone tell you you can't. It's time to move past your fears and defy the doubters too. My book Undaunted is available everywhere. Books are sold on Amazon and Audible as well. And shoot me a DM and tell me what you think. Back to the show. You started out as doing services, really, as well mm-hmm. as as the actual products, which is frankly different yes. than a lot of other beauty brands. And you were really working on skin prior to actually starting your own. What was your first product that you actually came out with? It was a product called Quench, and it's still in the line today. And I call it the liquid velvet. And that's the product that really put me on the map because at the time, um, like Jessica Alba was huge and Kate Walsh and Deborah Messing and all these amazing shows were on like Grey's Anatomy hit, Will and Grace hit. And I was so lucky. I just, I was like, you know, I had a lot of kind of back-end friends that were like producers and writers. And um, and I was like, hey, can I put my products in your gift bags for your, you know, for your party after like the Oscars or whatever? Yeah. And they were like, yeah. And I, I did a bounce back of a facial because I had this incredible clinic, right, that was doing laser and facials at the same time. So our results are so amazing in the clinic. And um, and so what happened was they all came in and they all got facials and lasers and injectables and um, you know, started using my products. And it it just it fed the clinic. And what happened was because everyone was so famous at that time, especially. Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie and Lindsay Lohan. Like it was really when like Us Weekly and People, you know, like I think I was in Us Weekly and People almost every week because of them, because they were coming to me and their makeup artists were sending people to me and And they were the ones that were talking about Kate Somerville. And so I didn't even have a retail line. I was you know, I had maybe seven SKUs that were already bottled that I created, but then I was mixing on site for my clients. So, um, so what happened was like Barney's, which is so funny. You mentioned they were Mm -hmm. my first launch Nordstrom's. I remember in one week I had Sephora, Nordstrom's, Barney's, Saks, no Saks, Saks actually said no, which is so front funny, but, um, uh, and Neiman Marcus, they all wanted the brand. And I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know anything about retail. So give me a second and I have to get my line ready. And, um, I had a client at the time see kind of what was happening and my tenacity. And he'd always said, if you ever want a partner, let me know. And, um, 
my wife and I would invest. And so they helped me. They were kind of my angel investors. And then the business just became too big and too real. And um, I needed like strategic partners. And so that's when I was like, okay, it's time to find somebody that can help me in the business. And that's when, um, you know, I had like Estee Lauder and L'Oreal kind of circling, um, not kind of circling, circling. And then, but I was going to sign with Estee Lauder, um, but I just, I hadn't been in retail yet. Like Mm. they wanted to buy the brand before it even went to retail. I was actually scheduled to launch on QVC. It was like a Thursday night, actually. And I'll never forget this. I flew into QVC. I was scared to death because QVC is a home shopping network, right? Right. And um, it's live. And I was I was in the office with Lauder like the week before, and I had met with Leonard, who, by the way, is the nicest man. I, I love that man. But um, and he's like, you know, this is the Super Bowl. Like, you have to dress right. You have to know your product. Like, because with QVC, if you don't succeed the first night or the second night with your products, they don't bring you back yeah, and it's done. consignment. So what does that mean? It means that you produce the product, you ship it. They don't give you a dime until the the their customer buys it and they give you money like three months later, which is really hard for a small brand because they have to come up with the money to make the product and then they don't get paid for a while, right? Mm-hmm. So for a small brand, that's it's a hard place to be. And luckily, I had so much momentum in the press that I literally, and I was so scared, Kara. I was like, I'll never forget. I was on air and I don't know if I said like 10 words. You've been, have you ever had a wedding before and you're you're the bride and you kind of don't remember the whole night? Yeah, you just don't, (laughs) it was a blur, the whole thing. Yeah, so... It's so crazy. I just remember the lights going on and I just smiled and I don't even know what I said. And I'm so grateful because we sold out in four minutes and I barely said anything. You barely said And I really attest that for the brand being very well known, right? Um, So anyways, we sold out and... um, and then we launched Nordstrom's and Neiman's at the same time. And um, and then I I decided to sell to a private equity firm. And that was a very, very hard relationship. They knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah. We were talking earlier about like the Harvard yeah. Yeah, <laughs> business yeah. people. Yeah, they definitely knew what they were doing. And you know, every turn they were trying to, you know, take the brand basically. And yeah. um, so that was the probably it was the funnest part of my life as far as building the brand because we were on fire and we were just trying to play catch up and 
Um, you know, we were going into the four seasons with our clinics and our products. So I got to travel the world and stay in these amazing places. And like, I had never been to New York and I was, I was an esthetician and I was still doing treatment and I'll never forget the Dixie chicks were my clients, right? And Natalie, who I love and such an awesome person, they were at the top of their game at that point. And I was doing her facial and she's like, I'm like, I'm going to New York for the first time and we're launching in um, Bendel's. I'm so excited. And she's like, we're playing the garden when you're going to be there that night. uh, Oh, that's wild. So my first trip to New York, this is no joke. We flew in, we got dressed, we had front row tickets to the Dixie Chicks. We got to go backstage and hang with them. It was so fun. And then the next day, I met with Donald Trump and Ivanka, which is so crazy, right? And at that time, it was Trump was not in office. Yeah, but he he was just about him and his kids were about to um, start their Trump hotels, and and so I met with them. Amazing experiences. Yeah, yeah, it was just like. Here I am, and I I'll never forget. I was with my publicist in the elevator going up to the Trump office. And I was like, God, if they only knew I grew up in a barn with an outhouse because me and my dad lived in in this barn with an outhouse and he was a teacher and and my mom's homeless. Like if they only knew like this, this is such a Cinderella story, you know? Hey, Kara here. We are thrilled you are listening with us and I hope you're enjoying this episode. I've had the pleasure of interviewing so many amazing guests over the past few years, and there are so many more to come. I cannot wait. And my focus is on entrepreneurs and CEOs, real innovators and leaders who are making a difference. That's what I'm looking forward to bringing you. One of the reasons I enjoy interviewing many of my guests is that I get to learn We all need to hear stories that teach us to be better, inspire us, and help us get through those challenging moments. I can't remember the last time I had a guest that didn't leave me feeling like a major hurdle had been overcome. We just don't hear these stories enough. And when we do, we learn to be smarter and stronger. Don't you agree? Episodes are concise but packed with amazing info that you will surely be inspired by. Do me a favor and send me a DM and tell me what you think about each interview that you get a chance to be inspired by. And if you are so inclined, please leave one of those five-star reviews for The Kara Golden Show on one of your favorite podcast platforms as well. Reviews really, really help. Now, let's get back to this episode. What do you think are some of the hardest lessons that you learned? Okay. So I I think the biggest lesson, especially because I didn't go to business school and learn about um, like spreadsheets and I I was kind of thrown into, you know, running a real business Mm -hmm. um, quickly. The biggest lesson I would say is you know, when you know that you have a hole in what you're doing, like for me, I wasn't a financial person. So I really 
knew that I had to delegate these things. Like I didn't know retail. So I was like, okay, I have to find the best retail person. And so you put your trust in a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. And some of them are going to do what's best for them. And what I really learned through, especially through the private equity firm, um, those people that stuck with me through that and were loyal to me, um, were, you know, I thank them every day and we're still close, but boy, as soon as somebody has, um, a financial kind of windfall with somebody else or a you know, you just see people turn and you're yeah. like, you're, I'm, I'm not surprised because I grew up in such a tumultuous, um, but it, it was just, you know, it's hard, it's hard to trust that that's probably my biggest thing, but, but there's really good people too. So, yeah. so that, that would be my biggest you thing. You learn and who then, your friends are, right? <laughs> yeah. You learn, you learn who's really good and who's really not good. Yeah. Like if it's if if they're going to do something that's not right even and you know it's not right um for for money, you know that they're not the right people. And what it's so funny cuz I don't know, I had a client that was kind of like a psychic person and he was like, "You know, okay, you're a giver." Okay? Mm-hmm. So when when you're hiring someone, make sure you hire givers because you're an esthetician. And if you know nursing and aesthetics, like, you know, that you're givers because you want to, you want to make people feel better. So he just said, make sure you find the givers. And and so it's hard to know that obviously in an interview. Um, and then the other thing is learning how to balance a cash flow because my business got really successful and really like it looked bigger than it was, right? Mm-hmm. In like the structure part, like it grew so fast. Um, and so you even good things can put you out of business. And so yeah. um I'll never forget like Oprah, like remember when Oprah had her her you know, favorite things and people would go out of business when they would get on her list. And I was like, why, why is that? Why would, why would success put somebody out of business? And it's because they couldn't manage their cash flow. So if you're an entrepreneur, if you're not good at finance, find somebody that is, that's, that's conservative and is going, they're going to have to tell you no. There's going to be times where even though it's the best deal and you know, like I'll never forget QVC wanted me to do this massive big show. It was a TSV, meaning it was 24 hours. And those are millions of dollars to a brand. And um, the recession hit and they placed a PO and we built it. And then they were like, they pulled it. And I was stuck with all this inventory and, and like it almost... It almost killed us. Yeah. You know, so it's really important to, um, even if it's a good thing, if you can't afford it, like keep your cash flow healthy as much Mm -hmm. as you can. So what did you do in that, in that situation? That was another question I was going to ask you. I mean, like what, when have you had that challenge along the way? Oh my God. So many, so many of of those challenges. And 
You know, the hard thing is it was 2008 and it was when the the recession hit and I was new, right? I had start my started my company in 2006. So we it didn't touch us for maybe a year cuz we were new and we were small and nimble. Mm-hmm. But then it started hitting us and and of course like the banks would not would not loan to me and I was in with these you know, really, I, I want to be nice, but really, you know, Tough private people. equity guys. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so they were just trying to take advantage of that and me every, because we were still growing like crazy and in, in a recession, but I couldn't get money at a normal rate because nobody was loaning. And I'm here, this young woman in business and, no, you know, after after I sold to Unilever, I met Jane Warwind, who um, is the founder of Dermalogica. And um, she looked at me because I was really beating myself up, you know, like, oh, I could have, you know, made this a bigger brand. And um, she's like, you know, Katie, only 2% of women get funded in business. She goes, you are mm-hmm. up against so much. Like you can't beat yourself up. And I was like, what? 2% of women get funded. And she goes, and yeah. And she goes, and it's getting worse. It's not getting better. And I was like, oh, okay. So this, this wasn't like the hardships weren't my fault. (laughs) And I know that sounds crazy, but I, I beat myself up because you know, I, I, I did everything I could. It was like, I, I was climbing. I always say I climbed Mount Everest with fake nails and bare feet, you know, that's how I felt. And you have a brand that you are not involved in anymore, but you are, I mean, it's a brand that is going to stay right. Which I think is something. Well, I'm super involved, believe it or not. Well, your, but your name is, is involved in, I mean, the actual creation of the, of the Kate Somerville. Right. But how involved are you? I guess I should ask. I'm still super involved. That's, that's the cool thing about Unilever. And, um, so Unilever bought the brand and they wanted the founder to stay on. And if you talk to all the founders in the prestige category, we're all still there. We're all still super involved. So I still do product development. I still do like, like everything, like still face of the company, still not day to day where I'm dealing with HR and, um, you know, issues. Thank God now through COVID and all these supply chain issues, but I used to be in charge of everything. And now I I got to hand that off to real pros, but now I get to do the fun stuff, right? Press, um, marketing, um, product development. Like I'm super involved still. That's great. So what year was that that you sold to Unilever? 2010. Wow. And so I mean, 12 years later, too, you're still involved in the brand. And oh, sorry, 2015. Sorry, 2015. 2010, no, no, I, um, I wrote my book. So yeah, 2015, I sold. Yeah, seven years. And, and we're still, it's still good. Like, it's, it's, they are one of the first companies to, in my opinion, like, 
most of my friends that sold to other big beauty houses are not with the brand anymore. And Unilever has kept all the founders and they listen. That's incredible. Yeah. And I have a great CEO. Um, We get along. I mean, we had some rough starts with some CEOs, but um, my CEO now, we're like, not only are we, you know, we see eye to eye on a lot of stuff through Kate Somerville, but we're like great friends. Like he's so, he's such a great guy. That's amazing. I love hearing that story. So I want to talk about another initiative that you started uh, with Kate Somerville, the newest partnership, um, Foster Nation. So tell us a little bit about that and why is it important to you? Well, I kind of told you a little bit about my upbringing. So um, we were looking at Kate Somerville to do a social mission, like we had always had social mission of like taking kids that really had bad skin and couldn't afford to transform their skin. And we, we would do it for free at the clinic. And that, that was always, that was always in the brand. Um, but Unilever was like, it's really important for us to have a social mission. And so my marketing company knew I was doing a lot of speaking to kids because I'm like, you can do this. Like, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter. Like if you have tenacity, you you can have a successful life. And, Mm -hmm. um, so they were like, I think this needs to be with kids that are, you know, in troubled situations. And so they found Maggie from foster nation and introduced us. And I was like, this is so what needs to be our our social mission and so what we're doing and it, it is so incredible it's so full circle and this is what i tell any listener today like take the bad out of your life like i had eczema i had skin issues i created a brand out of it you know mm-hmm. and now i get to i had a bad crazy childhood and now i get to help other kids that are in the same situation so foster kids, which I didn't know at 18 and they've been through a lot of them have been through hell, right? Mm -hmm. They've been through maybe 50 homes. They've moved schools. They've maybe been with parents that didn't care about them and and some of the stories and, and hopefully they found really good homes, right? But still at 18, the money cuts off from the state. They're given a plastic bag to take their things out of their homes, a list of shelters in the area, and they become homeless at 18. And they say, you're on your own. And some of these kids that I've met are so tenacious. They're like, they're survivors. They're they're going to college. But most kids, like 3% of foster kids, um, make it through graduation in normal college and 50% of them within the first year either go to prison or homeless. Wow. And so it is such an issue and it's right in your backyard, you guys. Like this, these are kids that um, have not had a lot of stability and I can relate to that. So I was like, I just want to give them hope. And so what we've done is we've taken hundred thousand dollars a year and given it to foster nation. Um, and we've also given five scholarships 
to anybody that wants to go to beauty school and we we um we get them through beauty school and we we have three um people that we just recently picked their starting school and they applied and I have to tell you Kara like some of these girls that sent in their application like some of them were doing a video um like in a tent and they're so bright and so amazing. And so we're just, we're, we're helping them and wrapping our arms around them and mentoring them. If they want to go into beauty, like in marketing or, you know, production, or they want to become an esthetician or a hair makeup artist, we're, we're wrapping our arms around them and we're, helping them. And, and, um, it's so rewarding. That is so great. Well, I love hearing your whole journey and I love hearing about foster nation and that partnership. It seems like you're really passionate about that and definitely amazing that you can develop a brand and find a way to do good. It's sort of full circle, um, and just absolutely great. So thank you so much for sharing. Where can people find uh, Kate Somerville products today? Well, katesomerville.com. <laughs> That's okay. for sure. And then obviously our great partners, Sephora, Neiman's, Nordstrom's. And if you're in the UK, um, Space and K and Cult Beauty. I mean, there's so many um, in the UK too. So yeah, that Kate Somerville, if you can support the brand directly, that's the best way to buy it. And we have skin health experts, you know, really talking you through whatever condition you have. And um, we can, you know, set up a skin consultation. And then obviously in LA, we still have our clinic and the clinic is still, you know, magical. We're still uh, hugely successful there and have incredible clientele. So come visit. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to The Kara Golden Show so that you are sure not to miss incredible stories from people like Kate, creators, disruptors, people who are going out there and doing great, great things and building great brands, running great brands. Uh, Definitely give it a five-star rating today, too. That really helps the algorithm to get the word out about the podcast overall. And I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. Uh, Definitely pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted. If you have uh, not had a chance to read it, it's also on Audible too. And we're here every Monday, Wednesday, and just launched Friday as well. So uh, lots of episodes, lots of amazing, amazing people um, that are joining us. So thank you, everyone, and have an amazing rest of the week. Thanks again, Kate. Thanks, Kara. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. 
Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Kara Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.